Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. Grab your Bibles, um, whether it's the digital one uh, or whether it's the pay for one, grab your Bibles. And uh, we're going to jump into our, our series that we're in right now in, entitled It's Going to Be Okay. Uh, but as you're turning in your Bible to Matthew chapter 6, um, I just want to let you know where we're at as a church right now. Uh, man, we are moving forward. God is doing great things. We're continuing to minister to needs that arise, uh, continuing to meet people where they're at. We're praying for people. Man, we're doing, uh, we're buying groceries for people. We're doing all that. Uh, but most importantly, I believe what we're doing is what we always should do as a church. And that is bring a message of faith, hope, and love. And that is continuing to spread. Uh, we're actually connecting with new people online, which is awesome. And so come on, can we give it up for our service hosts who are hosting uh, services right now, who are continuing to do that, uh, man, every week, man, without them, we wouldn't be able to connect with people. Uh, but we've already met through, uh, met with people uh, via online that live in our area that are planning on coming to the church when we reopen. Isn't that awesome? And so now we're making an impact. And so stay tuned with what's taking place. Um, we're getting all sorts of different information, uh, but we're hoping in the next four, six weeks that maybe we can begin to gather uh, together right here in a creative way. Um, if it's sooner, uh, man, we'll, we'll, we'll be the first to let you know. Um, but next week, hey, next week is Mama's Day. And uh, so we want to celebrate all the moms. And so one of the creative things that we are doing, we're going to do something called Driving Miss Daisy. Now, for those of you that know nothing about that, you can just look that up. Go back, watch it. It's an old movie. Uh, but Driving Miss Daisy, and here's what we want you to do. We want you to drive your Miss Daisy, your mom or your wife. Uh, we want you to drive your Miss Daisy out to the campus next weekend. We're going to have a drive-through set up, and we're going to have drive-through gifts for all the moms. We're going to have drive-through prayer. We're going to do drive-through communion. Man, it's going to be an awesome time. And all you got to do is you're going to stay in your car. We're going to have an entrance. We're going to have an exit. And so uh, we're going to send out some more information this week. But next Sunday, uh, between 10 and like 1230, 1 o'clock, man, drive your Miss Daisy out here. And we're going to hook uh, moms up with a gift. And so we'd love to see you out here uh, for that. Uh, but we want to jump into today uh, this message on faith, hope, and love entitled, It's Going to Be Okay. It's going to be okay. And here's what I want you to hear from your pastor. It is going to be okay as we continue to put our faith and our trust in God. I don't know what okay is going to look like, but I know it's going to look okay as we continue to do that. And so this morning in Matthew chapter six, I want to read you starting in verse 19. And um, as we dive in here, uh, man, I want God to speak to you and I want God to minister to you. Matthew chapter six, I'm reading from the New Living Translation and it reads, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth eat them and rush destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will be also. Verse 22. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep 
that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you, now listen to this, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest uh, or, or store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Can I read that part again this morning? Come on, your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Don't worry. Verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I wanna speak to you on the idea of how to kill worry. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that your word is awesome. Lord, I pray in the next few moments that we have together that your awesome word will come alive, God, through all of these screens, through telephone screens, through te to, to television screens, the computer screens, that God, your word would come alive and speak to us today and minister to us. God, I ask now that you would help me in this moment to create a place for people to discover your son, Jesus, know your incredible love, and realize the amazing plan that you have for their life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. Matthew chapter six is really a, a, very, a very powerful and, yet, and also famous uh, portion of scripture. Uh, from Matthew chapter five, six, and seven, uh, what it's known as is known as the Sermon on the Mount. It's like this epic moment uh, in, in Jesus's ministry where he preaches this incredible message that goes on for three chapters. In it, we discover uh, this idea of the Beatitudes, which is an incredible sto uh, study. And here now, what we begin to see in the portion that we read that Jesus is basically laying out, here is what a believer should live like. Like this is like the healthy lifestyle of a believer, okay? 
And here in this portion that we read today, obviously there's, there's clear overtones of, of, of how to work with finances. What is, our, what is our take on money? What is our take on finances? And um, you know, where our treasure is, there our heart is also. And although that is a theme here, to me, uh, the more powerful theme is the idea of what we are focused on. Focus on God. Focus on Him. I believe that's, that's an incredible message in this portion of scripture because when you look even at the idea of money, it says, look, you can't serve two masters. You can't focus on God and money at the same time. Really, one of the key messages is this idea of where is our focus? Where is our focus? Look, look at this verse. I, I believe it clearly lays it out in verses 22 and 23. It says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. It's your focus. But when your eye is unhealthy, focus, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, man, how deep that darkness is. Now, what a powerful thought. As Matthew writes and records this message that Jesus is preaching, the idea of a lamp is used. Now, now this would make sense to his contemporaries as, as, as he's writing this out, a lamp. What was a lamp? A lamp was, back then, it was something that must be lit. A lantern or some sort of torch or a candle, but this lamp. And what they would do is they would use this lamp. It wouldn't be behind them because it would do no good. It would be in front of them. And what the lamp did is it showed them the direction in which they were to walk so they wouldn't run into things and hit things. This lamp showed them the focus of their path. So here's the analogy they use. They said, hey, your eye is like a lamp. What's it saying? It's saying that your eye, whatever it is focused on, shows the clarity of the path or it shows the, the focus of your life. In other words, if you're focused on, on good things, then good things are filling your life. This is about focus. If you're focused on things that aren't so good, then unhealthy things fill your life. And so the passage here that I'm looking at is really about, about focus. What are you focused on? I, I, I think the last part is super interesting because if you're focused on unhealthy things, darkness fills you. But if you actually think what you're seeing is light, man, that darkness is super deep. What is your focus? Your light, your eye is the focus. It's the lamp of, of your life. What are you focused on? on. Focus on God. Focus on God. That, that's, that's what it's saying. Hey, don't focus on money or what the world provides. Focus on God and what he, he provides. Now, this idea of focus, what you focus on is what's happening in your life. I learned this a long time ago when I first moved to San Diego, and I was actually reminded of this whole idea of surfing just the other day. Um, matter of fact, like, just like three days ago. Uh, me and my family decided that we were going to go to a, a trip to the beach because the beach is opened up. And uh, so we thought, hey, let's go walk on the beach. 
And, uh, and so we did, we drove to Moonlight Beach and we got out and we walked a couple miles, man, just filling the sand, stepped into the water. Man, we were having a great time. And, and yes, we were down there when the, the, the supposed shark attack happened and man, everybody had to get out of the water. We're having a good time. And as I was watching um, the surfers out there, it reminded me of my first time learning how to surf. And one of the most valuable lessons I learned in surfing, now you gotta hear something, I'm not like the best surfer in the world, okay? I love to get out, I love to get in the water, I love to catch a few waves. Man, some of you guys in the church, you are amazing surfers. Man, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just happy to paddle around in the water and get a tan and maybe stand up on my board a couple times. But when I first moved to San Diego and I was learning, someone gave me some valuable advice. And this advice changed everything. Because when I was first learning how to surf, I, would kept, I, I kept nosediving into the water, and if it was shallow, into the sand. Like time and time again, and I was getting frustrated until somebody said, hey Ben, when you, when you pop up on the board, where are you looking? And I said, down? And they said, that's your problem. I said, what do you mean? They said, wherever you look, that's where you're gonna go. I said, if you look left, you're gonna go left. If your focus is there, that's where you're gonna go. If you, if you focus right, that's where you're gonna go. If you focus, so here's what I want you to do next time. Next time, what I want you to do is that when you pop up, I want you to look at the shore. And so I did. Sure enough, I paddled. Man, I popped up on that board, and I kept my head up, and I looked at the shore, and guess what? I stayed on the board, and the board kept moving forward. Why is that? Because that was my, my focus. That was my focus. And here this passage is telling us, man, what you focus on is what begins to fill you. How you see it, what are you looking at? What's the focus? It would remind me of an Old Testament passage in Numbers 13, 33. Um, in this story in Numbers, uh, God's people are supposed to go in and conquer a territory. They're empowered by God to do so. They're encouraged by God to do so. But yet when they look at it, they're filled with fear because they see that there's giants in the land. And look at what their focus becomes. Numbers 13, 33. They say, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. Look what their focus is. Their focus was on and these giants, rather than their focus being on, hey, this is what God called us to do, this is what God said, this is what we're supposed to do, this is our territory, this is our land. Instead of focusing on that, they were focusing on the giants, and because they focused on the giants, they felt like grasshoppers. And they were positive that they must look like grasshoppers in the eyes of their enemy as well. Listen to me, right now, in this season that we're in, in this moment that we're in as, as, as society. If, if your focus is the world, if your focus is, is money, man, if your focus is on the statistic, if your focus is on the news, you will have worry in your life. You will be filled with worry. You will be filled with concern. Why? Because that's where your focus is and that's what's inundating your life. Listen to me. Uh, one day the beach will be open. Yes, let's go to the beach. Next day they'll say, no, the beach is closed. And then they'll quickly say, no, just kidding. It's actually open. And then you'll go to the beach and they'll say, well, there's no parking spots, but the bathrooms are open. But hey, when you go to the beach, make sure you keep on moving. 
I mean, listen, if, if your focus is on the world, the news, the media, money, the economy, what's happening right now, and that's your focus, you are going to be filled with worry. But here's the encouragement of the scripture today. Let your focus be on God. Let your focus be on him. Therefore, you won't have worry. Listen to it. Don't worry. Matthew 6, 25 through 27 says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food to drink or, or clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant a harvest and store food in barns. For your heavenly Father feeds them. Listen to this part. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And the obvious answer to that question is, is no. Now, why are you worried? Here's why we worry. We worry because our focus is on the clothes. Our focus is on the food. Our focus is on where are we gonna get this? Our focus is on what the news is saying. Our focus is on all those things. But he's saying, no, 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 let's change that. Don't worry, let's kill worry. Let's get rid of worry in our life. I love verse 31. Verse 31 says, so don't worry about these things. In other words, what it's saying is, hey, these are really happening. This is supernatural. Like, like it's a really natural thing that's taking place. And there might be some concerns, but hey, you don't need to worry. In other words, kill worry in your life. So how do I, how do I kill this worry? How do I kill this worry? Here's, here's something you need to understand about worry. Uh, I heard this a long time ago. Worry is like a rocking chair. Worry is like a rocking chair. It'll give you something to do, but it won't take you anywhere. I mean, th anybody sat in a rocking chair before? I remember we had one way back when we were having our first child. We did all the preparation. We got the crib. We got all the stuff. We painted the room with the fluffy clouds, and, and we got a rocking chair. And we barely even used that rocking chair. But you know, sitting in that rocking chair, it, it, it keeps you moving back and forth. Man, you, you'll be doing a lot. It'll keep you busy, keep that thing rocking. But it doesn't take you anywhere. You know, worry's a lot like that. Worry in your life, man, will keep your mind active and moving and you'll lose sleep because you can't shut your mind off. And man, anxiety will start to come up because worry just keeps you busy but it takes you absolutely nowhere. And here in Matthew chapter six, we're encouraged to kill worry. How do you kill worry? It's right here. Number one, love what it says. Let me read it to you again. It says this, verse 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else. This is the verse before it says, don't worry. Your heavenly Father already knows everything you need. Here's what you need to do. Here's how you kill worry. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Number one, how do I kill worry? Number one, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. It says it this way here. It says, seek first. Seek first. It says, hey, above all else, above everything else, seek this. I love the way it says it because it's not telling you that you can't get some cues from other things, that you can't read this or look at that, that you can't, but it just says this, hey, man, you can do all that, 
but make sure that above all of that, that you're seeking him. That, that, you, that, that above all else, you're seeking God. So listen to me. Man, watch your news. Man, 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 read your articles. Man, do all of that stuff. But listen to me. If you don't want worry in your life above everything else, make sure you are seeking him. Make sure you're looking to Jesus. I love this word seek. The word seek here means to look for in order to find. To look for in order to find. Seek the kingdom. Seek in order to find out, listen to it now, by thinking, meditating, reasoning, to inquire into. This is what we're asked to do. How do you kill worry? Man, this is how you kill worry. Man, you seek Jesus first. You seek the kingdom first. You think about, you meditate on, you reason, you inquire into. And seek the kingdom of God. Let me ask you this question. When is the last time in this crisis, or really that's just a, in any crisis, when is the last time that you stopped and rather than looking at social media, the media, an article for your input, when is the last time you just stopped and said, God, could you clue me in with what's going on? God, could you talk to me as, as your son or as your daughter? And just, just tell me. I found myself the other day. I'll be honest with you. I found myself frustrated. I'm like, man, man one day it's this and one day it's that. And they're doing this and saying, I, I just doesn't make sense. And I kept finding myself going to the news. And I felt impressed by the Holy Spirit. This thought, Ben, When's the last time you stopped and asked me what's taking place and asked me what's going on? So I wanna ask you right now, when's the last time you just pushed it all aside and said, God, would you speak to me? Would you, as your son, as your daughter, would you let me know what's going on right now in our world so that I can navigate through it? Seek above all else, seek first. Let it be your go-to, the kingdom. Look to Jesus. Say, so well, how, 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 do how, do how do I look to Jesus? It's honestly not that difficult. I think we complicate it. Listen to me. You know how to research. You know how to look for things. And here's the reality uh, of when we look for things. Listen to me. You know, uh, we're seeing a clear divide right now in our nation not just politically, we're seeing a clear divide right now on ideology, on, on life. And here's the thing, whatever camp you fall into, if you look hard enough, you'll find evidence to support that, or you'll find evidence to support that. See, you know how to seek that. And I want you to know something, seeking God, looking to Jesus, isn't a whole lot different. The difference is, is our focus. So you say, well, I, I, I research this way, I look this way, I inquire this way, yes. Now all you gotta do is shift that and say, okay, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to look to him, I'm going to seek him through time, through investigation, through search, through patience, getting around others who have a relationship with him. Admiration, worship, 
talking to him through a thing that we call prayer and reading the Bible. See, it's, it's, it's no different than seeking anything else. We're just changing our, our focus. How do I kill worry? Number one, man, I need to look to Jesus. Number two, here it is, it's real simple. The Bible says live righteously. I'm calling it this, live like Jesus. You wanna kill worry in your life? Number one, look to Jesus. Number two, begin to live like Jesus. Live righteously, live in righteousness. The word righteous is the doctrine concerning the way in which a man may attain a state approved by God. And then it goes on to give the definition or the insight of what that is. Through integrity, virtue, purity of life, rightness, Correctness in thinking, feeling, and acting. Live like Jesus. He said, Pastor, okay, great definition, and I would love to have purity and integrity and righteousness and correctness in thinking and feeling. That sounds like a great thing. I want to, 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 to live like Jesus. How do I do that? Well, you gotta do the first one. You gotta look to Jesus. Say, well, okay, fine, how do I look to Jesus? Well, we already laid it out, here's some things, but the best way you can look to Jesus is by getting into this right here. And as you look to Jesus, the example of how he lived his life, man, that example is for us. The Bible says he's the firstborn among many brethren. His life was lived out an example for all of us to follow, and so we must look to Jesus, and then we'll be able to live like Jesus, to live righteously to live in right standing with God. And as we do that, we will begin to kill worry in our life. As you change your focus and look to him, as you change your focus and you begin to live like him, listen to me now, worry will be crushed. Listen to me, church. People are looking right now. People are looking right now for hope and they're looking whether they're admitting it or not, saying they're looking for something. When they look at the church, we need to make sure that we are living like Jesus. Because when we live like Jesus, not only does it crush worry in our life, it crushes worry in other people's lives. It gives them hope. It gives them something to look to. The way we live out our faith and the way we live out how we are looking to Jesus crushes worry for us and for others. Huh. Listen to me, you do these things. You look to Jesus and you live like Jesus. Here's the great part about it. Listen to what it said in this, in this passage. It said, don't worry about these things. In other words, don't worry about all of life's circumstances, what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink, what you're gonna wear, don't worry about those things. Listen to what it says, these are the things that concern unbelievers, but you don't worry. Listen to me, if we look to Jesus and we live like Jesus, not only will we crush worry, God will begin to give us all of the things that everyone is worrying about. Isn't that what it says? It says, hey, seek above everything else his kingdom. Live righteously. And all of those things that everyone else is worrying about, they will be given to you. It's a matter of, of focus. 
Listen to me, church, if we begin to live like this, we will not only kill worry, but we will spread faith, hope, and love to everyone around that is looking in, looking for answers, and we'll begin to kill worry in them. Listen, do not, do not create worry with, with your thoughts. Do not create worry with your posts. Do not create worry with, with what you're reading and what you're watching. Let's kill worry by changing our focus and looking to Jesus and living like Jesus and spread, come on, the message of the good news of Jesus to others and crush worry in our life and in the life of others. Would you just bow your heads right now right where you're at? Close your eyes. Come on, right now in your living rooms, family rooms, dining room tables. Maybe you're sitting in a car, sitting in your bedroom. Right now, just close your eyes. Because I believe that God wants you to take authority in your own life and kill worry today. Kill worry today. You're saying, Pastor, but you don't understand the news I got this week. You don't understand what, what happened. I lost my job, this, that, whatever it might be. Listen, I might not be in your shoes, but I know this. That no matter what your circumstance is right now, that no matter what's creating worry in your life, and it's legitimate, and it's real, and it's happening to you, listen to the encouragement of Matthew chapter six. Don't be stuck in that rocking chair of worry. Sleepless nights, not able to focus throughout the day. You're moving, but it's taking you nowhere. Take authority today and kill the worry in your life by looking to Jesus and beginning to live like Jesus and watch and see what happens. Come on, would you close your eyes right now? I wanna pray for you. Lord, I pray right now. God, for everyone that's tuned in in this moment, Lord, that, that has moments of worry or is stuck in that rocking chair of worry. I pray that right now, that you would enter their life in this moment. God, believers and unbelievers alike, that you would enter their life in this moment and you begin to pull them out of that rocking chair of worry and begin to let them know that you got a purpose and a plan and that purpose and that plan didn't change because of a pandemic. That purpose and that plan didn't change because of a loss of jobs. That purpose and that plan didn't change. That God, you're still good today and that it's going to be okay as we kill worry in our life. So Lord, I pray encouragement right now with your eyes closed. You're sitting there thinking and contemplating about life, where you're at. If you're experiencing worry and you don't have Jesus in your life, and I'm telling you right now, the greatest thing you can do is begin to seek first the kingdom. Surrender your heart to him, surrender your life to him. And I wanna help you do that right now. If you don't know Jesus, man, he's, he's the greatest person. He's the king of kings, he's the Lord of lords, he's God incarnate in the flesh, he's the greatest one to ever walk this planet. And he walked this planet so that you would have an example to look to, an example as you surrender your life to him, that he would come and forgive you your sins. And so as you're, you're listening in right now, you say, Pastor, I don't know him or I'm far from him.
how do I get there? It's real easy. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that we believe in our heart that he is who he said he is, that he's the son of God. And confession is made unto salvation. Let me help you right now with that confession. Would you just say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God and that you died on the cross for my sins. So Jesus, I pray right now in this moment that you would come and you'd forgive me of all my sins, all those things that have kept me separated from you. Come on right now where you're at. I believe that the Holy Spirit is just showing you some things and you can just speak those out. Forgive me for this, forgive me for that. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus, that you rose again from the grave so that today I could rise and have a brand new life in you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Be my comforter, be my counselor. And lead me and guide me in all truth. Surrender to you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, if you, were, you just prayed that prayer, here's what I want you to do. Right now, our service host is throwing a link up in the comments section. And I would love for you to click on that. It's, it's entitled, Yes. I'd love for you to click on that. Let us know you said yes to Jesus today and we're gonna follow up with you. We wanna help you take your next step. Send you a Bible, send you some information, encourage you, pray with you. So make sure you do that, do that right now so that we can connect with you. If you want someone to connect with you live right now in this moment, man, text prayer to 858-943-2221 or click on that link that our service host is putting up. Man, I wanna thank you so much for joining us today. I know that my wife and I, we already honored and thanked you earlier, but I just wanna say thank you again, church. Thank you for being incredible. Thank you for being generous. You know, my pastor, uh, as I was growing up, told me that you can never outgive God. And I learned that lesson. We learned that lesson as a church. And so we're continually giving. I want to share with you real quick a cool story. Um, just a couple months back, as we're heading into the new year, we had two, I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but we had two church planners come on and they spoke for us on a weekend and we took up an offering to bless them so they could start their church. Both are doing really well, um, ministering in their, in their cities here in the greater San Diego area, just doing awesome. And we continue to do that. We've done that time and time again. Well, since the pandemic hit, um, things have gotten a little tight. Hasn't been that way for every church. I'm talking to some of my church friends and they're actually saying that their giving has been at an all time high, which is awesome. And I love the way the kingdom works. And uh, so we just reached out to ARC, Association Related Churches that planted us and said, hey, here's where we're at. I want you to know that we got a call today um, from one of the largest churches in our city, the Rock Church. I got a personal call from Miles McPherson. And he said, Ben, I heard your church in a little bit of need. And uh, so we wanna send some money your way to help you out. Now, come on, church, isn't that awesome? Can you just celebrate that right from your home right now? That's so cool. That, man, the kingdom of God is so big 
Man, the kingdom of God is not one specific church. Man, the kingdom of God is many churches. And I just wanna say thank you, Rock Church, for doing that. And thank you for sending that, that love this way, man. And it's so great to be partnering with you in this greater San Diego area to win people for Jesus Christ. And so I wanna encourage you, church, now is the greatest time to be generous. And so, man, if you're ready to give today, and even if you're not, man, let the Holy Spirit prompt you right now. Best way to give right now is, yeah, you can always mail in your tithes and your offerings, but right now, again, our service host is throwing up a link that you can click on and you can give uh, to all that God's doing through Canvas Church. Um, if you don't see that link come up, you can text GIVE to 858-943-2221 and continue to be generous so that we can continue to move, move forward in all that God God has for us. Lastly, man, one of the greatest things about church outside of worship, of course, come on worship team, um, is being able to connect relationally. And so, man, we're doing everything we can to do that. We got small groups happening throughout uh, the week, but right after the service, um, man, we'd love for you to jump on Zoom with us and so we can see your face, talk with you. Man, the last couple of weeks, the nine o'clock service, it's been blowing up. Uh, come on 11 o'clock and six o'clock, where are you at? Uh, we're gonna be jumping on Zoom together uh, and it's gonna be awesome. And so I love to connect with there. That link is coming up. And church, God bless you. Man, let's have a great week and let's keep moving forward. I want you to know it's gonna be okay. Come on, let's kill worry together as we look to Jesus and live like him. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.